And we're on. It is the Tales of a First Time Dad, episode number six. I can't believe we're six episodes into the podcast already. Time is absolutely flying. Every single day, Leo's growing. It's scary, really. Everyone always says, oh, you're blinking, your kids grow up. And it's so true. It feels like he's grew so much in such a short space of time and just cherishing every moment of him being small and still like a newborn baby. He's nine weeks old this week, which is absolutely madness. He's on his way to being three months old, which... I just can't wrap my head around it, really, to be honest. That my little boy is like nearly three weeks old. It's it's crazy. I am on my own this week. Uh, I couldn't convince Sophie to do two weeks on the run. She did enjoy the podcast. She said she will come back on it. Potentially even a visual side for the YouTube next time as well. Um, but she, after the podcast last week, she went and listened to it like four times, analysing the voice, criticising herself. And I was like, Sophie, you've done fantastic. She had people messaging her saying, Sophie, you've done so, so well. For like your first ever podcast. She she spoke so well. She was I thought she was really, really good on it, but you know what women are like, they overanalyze everything. But I thought she was fantastic. So we're gonna have to convince her again to come on again. Um, but she has given me some things to talk about, like the sensory class and that, because I weren't able to go to sensory this week because I was on a course in work. Um so she's given me some things to talk about with that. We've also got swimming to talk about on today's episode. Leo had his first swimming lesson last week, um, and he's back again on Monday, which was amazing. He's had his first lot of needles, um, so we'll be talking about that and how he's handled that and, and stuff like that and any tips for that. And we've also got a few little gadgets. We haven't got many this week because um, I'm really struggling to find a good gadget every week. So I don't know why I'm trying to upkeep telling you a new thing every week. Uh, if there's no gadgets, I won't tell you. But there is one thing I do want to speak about this week, and that's obviously at the end of the show, like it always is. But yeah, starting on the podcast... Um, I did do that TikTok video like I told everyone I would and it done really, really well. Even Nubby themselves um, give it a little share, which was mad that like this massive company was loving me, me video about how to make one of their bottles. But it's had like four and a half thousand views over on TikTok. Um, gained me like loads of new followers. I've got like loads of likes and saves and shares and things like that, which is, is, is boss. It really is boss. I made up that... People enjoyed it. I had messages of people saying that they're definitely going to purchase it after seeing how easy it is on the video. And that's the whole purpose of it, really. If I find something good that I think is really going to benefit your life as a first-time parent, I'm going to tell you about it. If I need to do a video showing you how to use it, like, I will, because there's not much out there. Like, when I went and bought it, there weren't any videos, product reviews, but there weren't any videos like, you literally just do this and that's that. So that's why I've done it, and loads of people seem to have loved it. So if you are into TikTok, I'm only just learning. And that video, to be fair was quite easy to make, so I might make a few more. Um, but yeah, it's Tales of a First Time Dad over on TikTok. Do go and give us a follow over there because the love we're getting on, on social media is mad, and I really, really do appreciate it. Like I do every single listener. Um, every week, there's new countries listening to the podcast, which continues to blow me mind. I say it every week. I can't quite believe that people around the world are listening to my stories about being a father. It's quite overwhelming, um, but I just want to thank everyone, like I always do, for listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, and liking the podcast. Before we get into it, please, wherever you're listening to it, there'll be an option to rate the podcast, review the podcast, whatever. Please do that, um, and also, if you are listening on like Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Deezer, iHeart, stuff like that, can you head over to our YouTube, Tales of a First Time Dad, and just subscribe to the channel, um, YouTube doesn't do as well notoriously for podcasts as podcast streaming platforms but i'd quite like to 
push that as well, to be honest. Um, because when we do the visual side, I absolutely love making videos. It's what I studied in university, television and radio production. So it'll be high-end videos, and I just don't want, like, everyone to listen on Spotify and Apple and stuff and miss out on the production that's going to go into when we have guests on. So do go and leave a subscribe there. And whenever I tell you there's a guest on, I'd highly recommend watching it on YouTube just because... I, I love a visual aspect of a podcast. If you prefer to listen to them audio while you're driving and stuff, then fantastic, continue as you're doing. Um, but when there's guests on, I'd urge everyone to, to check it out on YouTube. We have got a few guests lined up coming probably towards the end of this month. I uh, just need to confirm dates and then people are going to come on. And I've also decided that I'm going to bring some mums on as well um, because mums obviously can tell their story when like the partners go back to work and stuff like that and how hard it is just being at home with a baby like what Soph was saying so it's not just going to be dads on the podcast there will be mums as well expecting parents who can sit and pick my brains and i'm not saying i'm an expert but obviously i've got a child and if someone's expecting a baby they can ask any questions and i think it'll be be good for a podcast so that's all all to come on the podcast in the next few weeks and um, but like i said go over to TikTok Tales for the first time, Dad, because then videos, I didn't realise how easy it was to make a TikTok video, to be honest, and when I'd done it, I went in and said to Sophie, well, how easy this was, you can just record, pause, record, pause, I didn't have to, like, make, like, 10 different videos and merge them into one, it was fantastic, it's brilliant, like, really, really good, I can see why why the platform's so popular, really, to be honest with you, um, but like I said, the, the podcast's doing really, really well on TikTok, so thank you to every single person who's shown it love over there, any new listeners this week, if this is the first time you listen to the podcast, I am Matty, and these are my tales about becoming a first-time father to my beautiful son, Leo, uh, who is nine weeks old, like I've just said now, so it's quite scary how quick it's going. Um, yeah, I don't think this episode will be as good as last week's, because I think Soph was fantastic, she'll say otherwise, but last week's episode, I really, really enjoyed it, getting to sit down and speak to Soph about our son. Uh, Leo was here with us, you might have heard him murmuring in the background a few times, and he was dead good. Like, you could see there was an hour-long podcast and he didn't cry. There was no editing involved. Like, he didn't edit cries out or anything. So you could see just how well-behaved the baby is. Like, we're, we're so blessed with him. We really, really are. Um, And, yeah, like, Leo's doing fantastic. He really is. Like I said, he's had his needles this week, which we'll touch on in a bit. And he's just being Leo, really, just chilled, smiling, happy, getting new milestones, like, more time on his tummy. Um, like, the time he's doing it is a little bit longer uh, he's laughing a bit more he's talking a bit more you can see he's really trying to say some words and stuff like that which is it's amazing um, and there's someone I'm, I'm going to talk about later on in the podcast Miss Rachel about how good uh, videos are annoying but very very good but we'll start this week's episode talking about swimming Um, <clears throat> the reason that me and Sophie chose to have swimming lessons so young in Leo's life. Like, he's only just turned two months old. And the reason we decided to do swimming is because, in our opinion, swimming is a massive, massive life skill that you can learn. And the earlier you learn that, the stronger of a swimmer you're going to be when you become, like, a toddler, for example. So when Leo's, like, four or five, I'd fully expect him to be able to swim unaided, without armbands, and be fine in the water if he's been going to swimming lessons for four years at that point. It's something that me and Sophie sat and spoke about and decided that it probably was one of the best things that we could do for Leo along with, like, sensory classes and stuff. Um, so we booked it, and it's it was amazing, the first lesson. Uh, we have decided to go with the swim um, brand, which is set up by Rebecca Adlington. 
picked an ex-Team GB swimmer. So we decided to go with them over water babies. And the reason why really was just pure cost. Um, swim only cost, for the first month, it cost us £10. That's four lessons for £10. And then it's £55 a month after that for a lesson a week. So it works out roughly probably about £11.50 £11. a week. Water babies is like £19.50 a week for the same amount of time in the water. I think water babies put them underwater sooner than swim do, and that would be the only benefit. Um, water babies is fantastic. I've seen so many friends, family and stuff take their child to water babies, uh, and it's something that we might look at in the future, but the idea of my son being dunked under the water so young, that scared me a little bit. Now I know they are professionals water babies they're very good at the job and this isn't me slandering them at all because we haven't been to water babies so i'm not really a hundred percent sure of the full program in which they they teach the children um but they do really push on the on the social medias that like the baby's underwater and within a few months they'll be swimming unaided underwater which is fantastic but you don't really want the baby swimming underwater and that being its only strength really with swim it's more about like them building that bond with the parents, learning to grab things in the water, float on the back, and it's more life skills at this age rather than swim, 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 swim. And that's what we we decided to go with swim for because for us, sending Leo to swimming classes so young was more about learning them life skills. We are going away at the end of the year, and it's not that we won't expect Leo to be in the pool swimming lengths on his own while we're chilling on a sun lounge. That's not the case at all. It was just more if he can, it'll feel, we'll feel more confident going away. Because obviously when you go swimming classes, there's people there who are trained. Now, if we didn't go to these and then went away at the end of the year and we're just in the pool with Leo, we wouldn't really know what to do. So it also helps us learn how to manage your child in the water. By the time we go away, he'll be nearly one and he would have been going to swimming classes for like eight months. So by that time, he'll probably be able to like <clears throat> potentially have swim a little bit, float on his back and just have general life skills in the water, which was the most important thing for us. I do think we will try water babies as well when he's a bit older. It was just the idea of, of him getting put under the water so young. And that's not, it's not a bad thing because water babies are worldwide. They're so successful and the program's so, so good. But us as parents of Leo didn't want him being dunked under the water at such a young age, really. We want them to learn the life skills of floating on the top of the water before then learning to go under. So I'm under no illusion that water babies are probably better than swim for like underwater skills and stuff like that but i think swim could could potentially be better at life skills and swimming um obviously i don't know because i haven't been to water babies but the research i've done swim is a very new program but also having rebecca adlington the one behind it who is an olympic swimmer that filled me with a bit more confidence. Not that I expect Leo to be in the Olympics doing swimming. I mean, if he is in 10, 15 years, he's an Olympic swimmer, fantastic. But that's not why we went with Rebecca Adlington. It was just more the confidence knowing that she's behind it. She's set it up. It's a purpose-built centre just for babies to learn to swim. It just ticked a little bit more boxes than us and water babies is a little bit further away. So should I ever need to be in work or get called out to work or anything like that, 
Sophie can still access swim without my me needing to take her. Um, Sophie doesn't drive, so if we would have went to Water Babies, it was about a 20-minute drive from our house, and Sophie would have to get two or three buses just to get there. So if I, although I can't go 99% of the time, if I can't go that 1%, Sophie's then getting like two, three buses there and two, three foot buses back with the baby, which to us just wasn't practical. So we just chose to go with with Swim. It's quite close to the house. It's a new program. It's got rave reviews. Um, there was people on his first lesson. I went and I was sat in the the viewing area, um, and their kids have been going for weeks and weeks, and you could see the development in them to Leo on his first lesson. You could see the difference, which really excited me to be honest that Leo will potentially in three four weeks be at the level their children was at where they were already grabbing things in the water and stuff and happy to lie on the back and and things like that so I do think he'll progress quite quickly and we will probably go to water babies in a few months once he's a bit older he's developed a bit more life skills he's just a little bit more he can hold his head up more and things like that that's when I'd be more comfortable with them going to water babies because a lot of it is underwater type stuff to my knowledge from their social media. I could be wrong. Theirs could be heavy swimming lessons like swimmers, but swim advertise it as swimming lessons. Water babies advertise a lot of it underwater and underwater photo shoots and things like that. Where for us, when we looked into it, swim just come across better for what we wanted. I think it's just personal preference with the two of them. Uh, and obviously with swim being pretty much a brand new type um set up for children to learn to swim i don't think it's got as much love as water babies which has been around for years despite it being fantastic so when we first got there i was amazed with the setup really like the minute you walk through the doors you're in the changing room which i think's key because you're not walking around with the baby in, in like a bat that's like new smells and stuff other babies there looking for like where to change them and things you just go straight into the changing rooms through the door you get the baby changed and then you walk through another door and you're at the pool and there's a, view, a big massive viewing gallery right next to the pool where it's got like music and that playing where the second parents or if you go with like your mother and stuff like grandparents and that and can sit and and watch so this week sophie did go in the pool with them because um, she will be the one getting in mainly with Leo. I, I'll get in a few times with him, um, but it's all about building the... I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a good swimmer. I learnt off my dad, who's a trained lifeguard, and I'm quite a good swimmer. So, so, to be fair, but I just want to... I know that I'm quite... I know I'll be quite confident in the pool with Leo because I've also helped like my little sister when she was younger swimming, things like that. So I knew I'd be quite confident where Soph was a little bit more dubious and apprehensive um and also i get to get out the house five days a week to go to work and stuff so doesn't really get to do much because she's obviously off on maternity so for me it was like you get in the pool and you can speak to other mums make friends things like that and, and she did and that, that's the whole purpose of it it's beneficial for Sophie and it's beneficial for leo as well uh, i am getting in with them on monday though and i can't wait to to have a little swimming lesson with them to be honest with you i've I sat watching Sophie and i was quite jealous that it weren't me, um, but it is more for Sophie, so it will be Sophie who goes in mainly, but I was quite jealous that it weren't me um, in the pool with them, so I can't wait to do it this week, but the first lesson was fantastic, it was all about like just floating around the pool, um, 
with Leo Lake on his belly, on his back, never went underwater. Just bobbing around the pool, getting used to the sensation of being in in water. That obviously the smells of the the difference to like a bath because it's a swimming bath. Um, they have like a sensory song, which I think most baby sensory type things have because sensory classes has like a welcome song and, and a goodbye song, and so did this. And then it was just pretty much like floating around the pool, <clears throat> um, grabbing objects if they were able to take them to the other side of the pool, grab another object, go to another side of the pool. And it was just all about moving around the pool with the baby, encouraging them to grab objects and pick objects up, which Leo is so young, he can't grab yet. Um, but Sophie was like resting around him and he was messing around, playing with it while she was like floating along with him. So he is learning uh, and he will obviously only get better. I, I was really impressed with him on his first swimming lesson, to be honest. He, he wasn't like whingy, scared or anything like that. He just lied there enjoyed it like really really enjoyed it when when she floated past me he was just sat there like looking around with a big smile on his face and it proper melted at my heart so it was really good to get him involved really and get him into the pool getting your swimming lessons and obviously every week it'll just improve and improve and improve so we'd swim the first classes until the 12 months um but everyone on leo's program is all like a similar age to leo there's a few who are a little bit older by like two three weeks and you can see the developments in them because they've been going two three weeks longer than leo but he'll stay on this program till he's 12 months old then he moves up to another program um which is like encouraging more different strokes and stuff so i think by the time he's 12 months he'll be able to do i think it's a breaststroke um it might be front crawl but he can do one of the strokes and then when he goes up into the next program that's where they start to learn and the other strokes like backstroke butterflies and things like that so and then once he gets to like i think it's like three or four that's where it's just like swimming then and like you can, there's probably teams and that involved like there is in in most swimming clubs um but that's something we're going to stick at and it, it's very cost effective as well i'd urge everyone who's listening if you are in the uk i think it's just uk based at the minute just to check out Swim, it's Swim with an exclamation mark and look at the closest one in your area. Rebecca Adlington's aim is to make swimming affordable and accessible for all, which is the downside to water babies in my opinion. It's very expensive, so you're talking nearly £100 a month for one lesson a week in water babies. This is half the price. So, for an example, um, you can do like sensory classes and swimming classes for the price you can do water babies for and i think that's important especially as new parents and people listening if you're expecting parents or you've just had a child it's important that you because you've got to obviously budget money better than you did just as a couple when you've got a, a little child to look after for 18 <coughs> 20 i don't think you ever stop looking after your kid do you but like minimum of like 18 to 20 years before they start like earning their own money and stuff um you obviously got to budget a little bit better and for us, the fact we could do both of them for the price of one, it just made sense to to do that. And I was very, very, very impressed with with the swim setup. I do think that Liverpool was one of the first areas that they set up in. So Liverpool's like set up and <clears throat> where they do swim, I think that might be say better than some of the other centres they've got. Because when you do look, some other centres I've got bad reviews on the center not the actual lesson because obviously some centers aren't in swim purpose-built places they're just like hiring a swimming pool and you're going down and there's obviously other people in other parts of the pool swimming 
And that's where a lot of bad reviews come from for it. But where swim is in Liverpool, it's just a purpose-built centre. So there was literally only Leo's class and the parents in the pool. So there were, I think there was six babies with six guardians with them. And the pool was massive. So you had loads of space to like swim around, be free, basically. Um, and the, the teacher, I, I weren't sure of her name because I was sat in the viewing thing and I forgot to ask Soph. She come across really, really nice. Sophie really, really liked her. And she she interacted with every single baby. She went around to every baby. Even after she had told people like what to do and was observing, she was going around to every baby, giving tips to the parents, asking about them, getting to know them, which I think adds that personal aspect to it as well, which is quite similar with baby sensory, like we mentioned last week. That that personal touch goes a long way. Uh, and I, me and Soph really thought it was it was brilliant for Leo. He absolutely loved it. And another good thing, what they always say about swimming, is if your baby is struggling to sleep, they are knackered after it. I think Leo slept for about five hours after it. Even though he's just floating around the water, it's taking in all that new senses and new environments, and it's a bit overwhelming. He handled it fantastically. Like I said, we ain't crying, but just come home and slept, and, and it, it did do wonders for him. And I think it's something that he's really going to enjoy going forward in his life, and... It's something that we're really going to enjoy taking them to as well because it gets so out the house. It's something new. It's something that we can add on to our schedule. Like, yeah, every Monday he goes swimming and stick to it really. And we were very, very, very impressed with the setup. I mean, we've only had one lesson. And I think every week I'll touch on the swimming and the sensory because it's two big things that I think myself, every parent should be doing with the newborn child is swimming and sensory. Um. I'll speak more about sensory later on um, because I want to be about the needles before that. But swimming and sensory for me is two of the most important things you can do with a baby because it, the, it, having that interaction with other babies, I know you may think, oh, they're eight weeks old, they don't even know what another baby is, but seeing other babies and hearing other babies cry, hearing other babies murmurs, it, it helps them develop loads. And I think Leo's come on loads in his last two sensory classes and stuff and you obviously only see it as a parent because you see him every single day, you know, every single thing he does. I think it's been fantastic for him. So I'd urge it to absolutely everyone. And I'd urge people, if they do look at swimming lessons for baby, more often than not, water babies will pop up. But like I said, it is quite expensive and it can price people out of doing swimming lessons. So look at swim. That's what we try for to try out. And we thought if it's rubbish, we know water babies has got absolute rave reviews. We'll go there and... I was very, very, very impressed with swim, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, we are going to go water babies in a few months as well because I don't think it'll harm Leo having more swimming than less. Do you know what I mean? Having two lessons a week of swimming will only help him. And like I said, it's a massive, massive life skill. So should Leo be in the pool with us, in which he will be when we go away at the end of the year, he's confident in the water. We've had lessons with him, so we're confident with Leo in the water. So it's like a win-win for Leo and a win-win for us as well because we know what to do with him in the water. He's comfortable in the water and you haven't got your first, say, week of your holiday getting him used to the water and him screaming and not enjoying it and thinking, how am I going to cool him down in this heat when he doesn't want to go in the pool? Um, so it, that, for me, is, is massive. It really is massive. And I, I'm so happy that it's something that we've decided to do from from the off forum and I'd urge everyone to do it. Yeah, doing all these classes costs money, but it also aids your child's development massively. And I've had people say to me, well, we didn't have them when we were kids, it's all a new thing. 
but that that's the point like the world moves forward every single year when when i was a child mobile phones were massive with an antenna you had to pull up there was no such thing as the internet when i was a kid i was about i was about eight or nine before the internet source emerged and you used to have to plug it in and your phone line was off and it was like dial up internet that was when i was a kid and now you can literally access the internet from anywhere in the world you can find something out instantly by using google and things like that 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 area of the world come on loads in the last 20 years so obviously baby developments also come on loads in the last 20 years so yeah you may think well i didn't go to any of these classes and i'm fine but they weren't around then and babies developments and i've had studies into it for years and years and years and now we're starting to see the effects of of having these like sensory type classes for babies at such a young age and seeing how much your baby develops over the period of time that they are doing this it's fantastic really so i would urge swimming lessons to everyone it's a massive life skill like i know people who can't swim even my age they've never like had the lessons on being confident enough in the water and for me swimming's a massive 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 life skill and learning that as young as leo is at like eight nine weeks old i think it's huge because by the time he's an adult he would have had swimming lessons pretty much the majority of his life and be very 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 comfortable in the water and confidence in the water and for me that that's huge to improve life skills for him and i'd urge it to everyone Um, it may not be for everyone people might be listening thinking i wouldn't want my baby to go swimming this young and, and that's fine this isn't me telling you you must go swimming i personally just think it, it's a massive plus to take your child to learn a life skill at such a young age um and swim for us was top draw honestly was i couldn't recommend it enough so that was monday um this week and i, I as you listen to this you're probably thinking why wasn't your podcast out yesterday massey the reason is leo had his needles this week um and i mentioned on last week's episode that he hadn't been very well and that's why that one was published on the saturday um and we because we were just absolutely everywhere with him we had his check up he wasn't well at all he had a bit of a flu so we had to wait for him to get better so he's had his needles this week where he's nine weeks old so he's a week later than what they usually do them but that's completely fine and we didn't really know what what to expect really and that that is why the podcast late because it's not that it's been tough he just hasn't been himself and he's been a lot more unsettled since having them which is expected. I don't want no conspiracy theorists messaging me saying, why did you give your baby the, the vaccines? The one that has the grey area over it is the MMR one. You don't have that till you're one. I, myself, I'm not 100% on that. The doctors give me loads of things to look into. Obviously, it's something that we've got a year to decide on, but these are just as general vaccinations that every child has. <clears throat> I think every listener of this podcast would have had them as a child. I had them as a child. It's just your your general round of vaccinations where you have them at one month, two months, and three months old, and then that's it. Then until twelve months. Um, so it was his first course of vaccines. He had one in each leg, and a liquid one in his mouth. The one in his mouth, he absolutely loved. Weirdo, don't understand who likes it, but uh, I think the doctor said it had like a sugary taste to it. So it's probably a bit like cowpaw, where all baby medicine tastes nice does my head in because when we're adults and we have to take medicine like cough medicine or anything like that it's horrible and then babies have like banana flavored antibiotics and cowpaw is nice i remember as a baby i didn't mind taking medicine as an adult i hate it i want justice for adults so why can't we have nice flavored medicine um but leo, leo was fine in, in the, the oral um 
a part of the vaccination, which was obviously like a syringe into his mouth with like Richardon obviously tasted nice from I couldn't tell you the taste. I don't remember twenty nine years ago to remember the taste myself. Um but yeah, there was obviously going into it, we was we were so worried because we know that especially the one orally is a live vaccination. So it's ultimately putting a virus into your baby for your baby's immune system to fight it off. So we were worried because you don't want to see your child in, in any form of pain. Although that was the least painful one because it was just oral liquid. It was still, you know, he's going to get sick. And that's what that, that was tough knowing that. Um, but it's important that they do have the vaccinations. I was really worried about his needles, not for being like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. I was just worried about the pain that it caused him and not being able to to soothe him. Um, but he was an absolute trooper, an absolute tro- trooper, to be honest. And we were made to be at ease. Me and Sophie were very worried going going to the doctors. Um, we walked up there because my car was it was in the garage and it allowed me, me, myself, to just have a little bit more thinking time. Not that we would have said, no, he's not having the vaccines, but just put my own mind at ease before we went in because me and Sophie obviously have to be calm around for the baby. If he sees us panicking, it's probably going to rub off on him. Although he's so young, if he sees, if he's, if he's in my arms ready to get his needle and I'm shaking for him, that's going to unsettle him a bit more. Well, the GP and our doctors, she's fantastic. She really is. Like one of the best nurses, GP, I've ever seen in my life. We, I, Me and Soph changed doctors just before Leo was born because Soph had moved to a, a new area, couldn't go to her doctors. I hated my doctors. It was one of them. You have to ring, they tell you to ring up at nine o'clock for an appointment. You ring up at nine o'clock and you don't get an appointment for like four weeks and then by that time you're better. I, so we switched doctors and it's the best thing we ever done. She's so nice. Made us feel really, really at ease. Explained everything about the vaccine, what, what she was in, injecting into him what it helps prevent, give us tips for, like, example, the one that goes into the mouth, which is the oral one, which is a um, live vaccine. Leo shouldn't be around people on, like, a weakened immune system or immunosuppressant medication, which was important for me to find out because I do know people on immunosuppressants. So I w- if I wouldn't have knew that, and then Leo would say sick on them, they could have got pneumonia, which is serious stuff. Like for everyone else who's who's not on like oh we can immune system or immunosuppressants, it's it's fine if like you spit or it's a bit sick or you wipe his mouth and it's a bit wet and things like that. It's fine. But for people who with a weakened immune system or like on immunosuppressants, it, it's severely dangerous. So it was, it was good that she sat and and told us about that, which I suppose I'm not sure if she really had to, because obviously on on their record, me and Sophie aren't on immunosuppressants and we don't have a weakened immune system. So it was it was nice that that she took the time to tell us that. And she really, really made us feel at ease, explained everything that she was doing, which order she was going in, what vaccine was what. And it really added to the experience, really. Not that it was a nice experience. Obviously, it was horrible because Leo did cry, but it helped ease me and Sophie and make me and Sophie feel a lot more confident going into him getting the vaccine so the like I said the first one was fine then he had his leg ones and it's it's horrible even when when they're doing it like you've got to like hold his leg in a way that he can't move because if they move and it scratches him obviously and it's they, they then got to try again so he's getting that that pinprick of a needle twice in one leg if, if it messed up um 
so like you're holding him like you're cuddling him but like pushing his leg up so that he can't move it so leo was one of them who likes to kick and be free so that he didn't like that and then the, i'm a, i'm scared of needles now if you know me you'll think oh, how are you scared of needles you're covered head to toe in tattoos which i am i've got hundreds of tattoos but i'm petrified of a needle tattoos are a nice feeling a needle going into your skin and liquid pushed into it is not a nice feeling. So I understood where Leo's pain was coming from. The minute it went in, he just screamed and my heart broke for him because I know the pain that he's in. I don't like needles myself. I don't like the feeling of them. So this was the first time anything's ever been injected into him. He's had heel pricks, which he fell asleep for. This was the first time something's broke his skin and been pushed into it. And obviously that sensation for the first time in your life is going to be different to us who've had blood taken needles given for our whole lives really so that wasn't nice and then we had to turn around to the second one again to be fair though after the first one Leo he screamed for about 10 seconds and then was fine we moved him to the other side to do the other one again 10 seconds and was fine uh, and then once we put his pants back on I think that's when it started to like throb a little bit because he just screamed and the nurse gave us a tip to just go and stand in the mirror and rock him in front of the mirror. And the little vein get just sat there smiling at himself. So he weren't that bad, to be honest. You do hear people who go to get the needles with the babies and the babies are just screaming for ages and ages and ages and he just can't settle off them. Leo was fantastic. He really was. He was just smiling at himself. Then eventually he drifted off. We put him back in the car seat. And um, the GP was telling us... like that he'll be back in four weeks, telling us what to expect from the needles, that it'll probably have a little bump where they've went in, it could look a bit swollen, he might have diarrhoea, uh, but as long as he's eating the same, weeing and pooing, he's fine. They tell you to give Calpol, the minute you get home, give another dose four hours later, and then they can have a third dose, although the Calpol doesn't recommend it, the GP says they can, should the temperature stay high, Leo had the two doses as advised and his temperature was fine, completely fine. He wasn't in a high temperature or anything like that, so we didn't give him the third dose because he didn't need it. Temperature was fine. He, he was okay. He wasn't settled at all. For like, he looks a, a little, I'm recording this Saturday morning, so it's going out tonight. So this morning is the first time since Thursday where he's really actively like smiling and giggling and trying to talk at you. The I think it just knocked it out of him really. Getting obviously a live vaccines with his immune systems dealing with that as well as two vaccines in his legs. His legs probably feel dead heavy. Um so it's all new to him and I think it just took it out of him. On Thursday night when we had them he just didn't sleep. I think he he had like an hour, then he'd wake up unsettled then he'd go back down for like half an hour wake up a bit unsettled go back down for an hour now i mean when he wakes up and was unsettled it was like 10 20 minutes but obviously it's complete and also broken sleep so he was exhausted and then yesterday he had sensory class and was exhausted in the morning you could see how tired he was but we still took him to sensory class and he was fine for around 40 minutes of the hour sensory class and then just screamed um which obviously that's nothing to do with sensory. It's just, he's just had his vaccines. He's, he's unsettled. And even yesterday, he just wouldn't settle where he used to love his, his little naps in that. Um, he just didn't want them. He was just lying there. If you held him, he was just getting unsettled and having a little whinge. 
if you've done tummy time, you didn't want that. It was, there was just loads of things that Leo loves to do that he just couldn't be bothered doing, which is it's completely not, and utterly normal and fine. He's just had vaccinations, you know what I mean? He's just been injected with a live vaccine, so his, his body's actually using his energy to fight off this live vaccine to give him that immunity. So the inside of him is working overtime. So obviously he's going to be more tired, but then he doesn't. He wants to be awake, but he's fighting the sleep, which that's the only dark thing we found with the needles. It feels like he's constantly fighting sleep, and he he just doesn't want to sleep. But he's getting getting there. To be honest with you, um, he has been he has been fine today. This morning, touch wood. Uh, it's only two o'clock in the afternoon now. He's been fine this morning. Seems a lot more back to himself than what he was Thursday and Friday after the vaccinations but like I said we, we were quite lucky with Leo we didn't need any more additional cowpaw didn't need to go to A&E there was no real side effects touch wood of anything with the vaccines for Leo so far after two days um, so so far it's been alright he's just not been settled as he was which is completely and utterly normal Um did have a big runny poo, which wasn't obviously not nice for for us to change. Um, but it's one of them, isn't it? Like you, it's expected. And that's that's the only thing I would say. Actually, he seems to have pooed a little bit more. Because, I don't know if it feels more because a few the first few poos after the vaccines were quite runny, so he's filling the nappies quicker. Where usually you'd have like a bigger poo, you change him. But now he's like squeezing so much out, and then he's trying to be changed. Then you change it, and he's squeezing the rest out. So it just felt like he was pooing more. But it was probably the same amount. This was just more like water form. Um, but yeah, he's been all right, to be honest. He's obviously got his next lot of vaccines in four weeks. I think I'll still be filled with the same nerves and apprehensiveness going into them. Because obviously every needle's different. Um, next time he might need the three doses of Calpol, might not sleep, might scream constantly touch what he doesn't but potentially might even need like to go see a doctor and, and things like that like there's there is risks with every vaccine there's risk with everything well even if you take a paracetamol there's a risk and ibuprofen there's a risk everything's got risks and yeah so i will be apprehensive when he goes for the next ones in in four weeks and i think i'll be apprehensive the ones after that as well until they're done obviously you're going to be worried you don't want to see your your child crying and in pain um but his legs have healed well there is a slight little bump that's went down massively today as well. To be honest, it was a lot bigger on Thursday when it got done. And then it went down a bit for Friday. And then today, it's, it, we only know where it is because, obviously, we know where he's been vaccinated. And what was horrible for us was the little plasters they put on when we peeled them off, obviously, because he's had a skin broken and a vaccine and put into him. Obviously, you bleed a little bit. And when you took the plaster off and you're seeing little bits of blood on the plaster, that broke my heart thinking someone's drew blood out of my son. I, it, it really broke my heart. And Soph was sad seeing him as well. Completely and utterly normal. Like, even if we get a vaccine now, myself, listeners, whenever you get like a flu jab or anything like that, you will always have a little bit of excess blood because it's just where the needle's been in that's pulled out as a hole in your arm. It's going to leak a little bit till it heals. It's just not nice to see it when it's your kid. It's not nice to see a bit of blood on a plaster. Um, my heart broke from because if anyone drew blood, help me son. I'd go mad, but this is something that he needed. So it's just something you've got to accept, but it was hard. It was really hard, but he's doing really well. He's handled it really well. Um, his little trooper just dread the next the next ones in four weeks. But once they're done, they're done. Obviously, he's he's safe from all the viruses and 
crap out there in the world once they're done. So, yeah, it's just been it's been a hard two days, but it's worth it. So, and now he's starting to smile again, so it makes up for all the the lack of sleep the last two days. That that's so sad and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been tough, but he's getting it, which is which is good. To be honest, um, I say tough, nothing will ever compare to his first few weeks of life. <laughs> so this was just a walk in the park. But just so everyone knows, it's not a matter of getting a vaccine and you're fine. Um, they, they can be a lot more unsettled and they can lose appetite. They're more tired, they're more cr- cranky. Because obviously they're fighting, their, their immune system's fighting off this this live vaccine. So just be prepared for that if your child hasn't had the needles yet. Just be prepared that they can be a little bit tough. They, they, it can like, upset them a little bit for a few days, but that is completely normal, so don't worry too much. And that's that's the update on Leoda's Needles. Um, other updates that after that, that was on Thursday. You went to Sensory Class, like I just mentioned, yesterday. Loved that. It was, um, so said it was one with all the lights and stuff, and he had all like these... Um, fairy like type things draped around him and he's just sat there staring at them in awe and uh, the pictures so sent me his face was lit up with a big smile on more for the red ones which was a massive plus for me as a big massive bit of liverpool fan i was made up to see his face like really lit up um for the red light and obviously because we did have the vaccines on thursday seeing him just smiling that was the first time you'd seen him really really happy since his vaccine i was in work and just getting a picture of him with a big smile on his face with all the lights around him that that was one of the best things that genuinely has ever happened to me because going to work Friday, I was so worried because he'd been so unsettled Thursday. And just getting a photo of him with his big smile was... It's mad. It's mad what a child does to you. Like, just getting a photo can literally make your day. So when I do night shifts and that so sends me pictures of him and I'm just sat there staring at my phone just smiling because it's like, oh, me boy. Like, look at that little smile. It's the best feeling in the world. Um, but yeah, he had sensory classes again yesterday. Um, <clears throat> we're really, really loving them. Like I said, I didn't go this week, but so really, really enjoying them. Um, speaking to other mums, learning things off other mums. The teacher in the class, Chelm, I think her name is, she's been fantastic. She's so, so, so incredibly good at her job. It's unbelievable. It's admirable when you see how passionate she is about improving babies' lives. It, it's effect. It's like it's infectious how much it rubs off on you. You're just like, wow. Like, it's, I, on my job, I obviously, I've mentioned the work of people with autism and I feel like I can change lives. But when you see people do it with a baby, it's it's amazing. And like Soph said, she's learned so much off her and other mums and stuff. So it's been massively beneficial for Soph, as well as the baby who's just sat there staring at a baby, smiling. And a baby will go like, ah, and then Leo's like, hey. And it's just, it's, just, it's boss. It really is boss to see. So he goes to Sensory every week now. Um, it's something we're going to stick at for at least 12 months. Um, there is sensory classes. They move up into toddler sense after baby sensory. I think that's at 12 months. And that's when we then reevaluate, like, do we want to go to toddler sense or should we put, go to nursery and continue his development that way? Um, but it's something he's going to be going to every week, definitely until he's one. <clears throat> it's one of the best things we've ever decided to do. Me and Soph said on last week's podcast, couldn't recommend it enough. It's founded... Baby Sensory is actually founded by a, a woman who dedicated her life to improving early years development, Dr. Lynn Day. And I looked really into Lynn Day the past week after Shell in the Sensory class talking about it and her credentials and 
her passion to improve children's lives is amazing. And then she teaches all everything she's learned to people who want to start their own baby sensory franchise. So you know that this wealth of knowledge is being passed on to teachers who are then passing it on to you. And the only way you're going to get Linda's knowledge is by going to her classes. And <clears throat> it's it's amazing. It really, really is amazing. I can't wait for Leo to continue to develop. I can't wait to see how much he picks up on and changes every single week with the aid of sensory. He loved the lights. We knew he loved lights anyway from when the Christmas tree was up, but him being able to lie there with them round him and stuff, he, he loved it. He loved mixing with other kids and, and things like that. So I can't wait to see where this takes us, the baby sensory journey. <clears throat> like I mentioned on, on last week's podcast, my friend's child went and she's come on leaps and bounds going to sensory. Like it's amazing how advanced their child is so i hope that it has the same effect on leo and in the two weeks we've been going I, I honestly couldn't recommend it enough if you are i think it's worldwide now to be honest baby sensory but if you're definitely in the uk um do check out baby sensory classes i think they are nationwide and within the united kingdom um they're run by lynn day if you just want to google dr lynn day and look at her work and look how amazing the things that she's done to help people develop and then look at the look at baby sensory. Um, they're everywhere. There's like four in Liverpool alone, so they are everywhere. I'd recommend them to everyone. The one we go to, I think, is unbelievable. The teachers really, really nice, and it's something that me and Soph have even discussed. Maybe going to a second one on another day of the week. Um, because obviously we we like our one. We just want more sensory. To be honest, more the better. So it is something that we spoke about. Maybe going to another baby sensory as well as the one we're going to the same company but there's like south liverpool central liverpool north liverpool um and they're obviously all on different days so the one we go to is on a friday so we're looking at maybe going to one on say like a wednesday or a thursday just again fills leo's week up a little bit gives him things to do gives so things to do and it won't be any harm going to like an extra sensory class a week leo mixing with more different children so for me and more mums in the same position as here, etc., etc., etc. So at the minute, he's just going to one a week. We might look at increasing that to two in the next term. So February onwards, we might increase it to two just so he's getting more sensory inputs because it's good to get out the house and, and mix, to be honest, rather than sitting in um, with the annoying Miss Rachel. That That's what I'd say. Uh, but yeah, Miss Rachel, let's move on to her. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. Her videos are amazing. Leo absolutely loves it. Like, loves it. When she comes on the telly, he kicks his arms and waving. He's got a big smile on his face. He loves it. He absolutely adores it. And it's good for him. Um, for any parents out there, it's the most annoying voice in the world. Fair play to Miss Rachel. So looked into her. She's got no child development like qualifications she's only just studying one now off the back of the success of a channel um she's got no ex doing experience she's got with her own children and it's how she's made videos so gripping for children it's mad i don't know how every baby that miss that gets put in front of miss rachel's videos takes to it instantly i don't know what the the formula is but it's amazing. Like the minute we tried Leo with it, because obviously he's been watching Dancing Fruit for a lot, the first eight weeks of his life. Um, so we decided to introduce Miss Rachel to him 
um, this week because it it tell it shows them how to say things like dada, mama, dog, car, stuff like that. Like to do songs about like say mama, mama, and then, like while she's doing it, she's also doing it in sign language as well, which I think is amazing. Because imagine if your baby continues to watch that. And he, he, Leo can say mama and dada and sign it at the same time. That's amazing. It's it's so, so good. And I know BSL is now getting brought into the GCSE curriculum in schools, which is a massive win for someone who works in, in the care industry. To have people learning BSL in school is massive. It really is massive. So Miss Rachel incorporating this into videos that she knows babies as early as like, five, six weeks are going to be watching. Hats off to her. Honestly, hats off to her. Her videos are so, so good. We learn so much. Leo's actually been shouting a lot more since he's watched their videos. Um, the other day he was going, Meh, like that, and I think he's getting them down, and then he will eventually say, Mama, which is sad, because I want his first word to be Dada, but I think he's got the M's down quicker than his D's. Because um, he is saying like quite a lot now, and um, so I do think mum is going to come soon from him, which is is mad if he was like says his first word by like three four months. That's huge, and I think that only comes through like Miss Rachel because it's all well and good as us sitting there saying say mama, say dada, like we aren't sat there singing songs and having beats behind us and nursery rhymes and things like that. Although we could do that. I'm quite creative. I don't think I could ever beat how Miss Rachel can write a song. Everything, everything is turned into a song. There's a video what we watch quite often, the Learn to Talk one. It's an hour long, and it's like an hour long musical. It's not just hair talk, and there's songs, beats, actions, colours flashing up on the screen all the time. It's so gripping for children to watch. They're so engrossed into it. And Leo loves it. As though it's so, 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 so annoying for adults to watch. Like, a voice will rarely drive you insane by about 20 minutes in. And I think that's being generous. It's good for kids. And obviously, the way she has to present herself on these videos is to benefit children, not us. But just know that it will annoy you because we are obviously children. We're adults. So it's quite annoying, <clears throat> but it's so good. I mean, she's got 628 million views on one of her videos. That shows how good she is. 628 million times that video has been watched. So that means 628 million times a baby has watched that video, which is incredible numbers, like incredible. And it shows how good she is. So many people use Miss Rachel. I think if you went and asked 100 people, with babies who are newborn, have they paired the Miss Rachel? I'd hazard a guess 97% of people would probably say yeah, because she's that popular and she's really, really, really good for the kids. And Leo, to be honest with you, isn't really asked about dancing fruit anymore. You put the fruit on and he'll watch it for like 10 minutes and then he, he's just like, oh, and one's picking up. Miss Rachel, he, he, like when you pick him up, he gets a cob on because he wants to continue watching it and he loves it and he'll sit and watch like the... The video just sat there in his chair, kicking, smiling, shouting, just enjoying it. And he could watch the whole thing, to be honest. Even if you have him in your arms when you're watching it, he'll just sit there, like, really happy and excited watching it. And he's, like, really engrossed at all times, which is, it's boss to see, really. Like, it really is boss to see. And I made up that he's learning from that, because that's another aspect of sensory. So it's just got so much sensory going on in his life, but it will help improvement and stuff. And... 
I had only heard of Miss Rachel myself from my mate's little girl, and she was saying words really young and really loved Miss Rachel and was really getting into it. So I thought, why not try it with Leo? And it's been it's been fantastic to be honest with you. Like it's been absolutely fantastic. He loves it. But the thing he loves most is songs, which I think that was always going to be expected. I've worked on the radio um, up until recently for like 10, 15 years of my life. I love music. Um, and I think it was expected that Leo would love music too because I always have music playing. I'm always singing around the house. Even when he was in the room, I was. But what the best thing for me is, is two favourite songs. Are two of my favourite songs. And I'm not even like... I'm not talking, I'm not going to hit you with like, say, like a Elvis Presley or something now. He does like Elvis though, which is boss. I love a bit of Elvis, but his favourite song in the whole world is You've Got a Friend in Me. Now, Toy Story is my favourite film of all time. I used to actually have a Toy Story leg sleeve tattoo, but I got it covered up. Um, not for any fault of the film. It was just a long story, but I just want, got it covered up. Um, but I love Toy Story. It's one of my favourite films of all time. It's something I grew up with, and I am really going to ensure Leo grows up watching. For me, it's the best Disney film of all time. Might be a controversial opinion because you're throwing like The Lion King, Avatar, Moana, and all that into it. But Toy Story for me is the best Disney film of all time. I think they've ruined it a little bit by doing Lightyear because he shouldn't look the way he does. He should look like Buzz, like the cartoon, not highly animated. And that's one thing I do think Disney are doing with all these live action animations and stuff. They're ruining the old animation. The old animation, the, the times have changed and graphics are better now. You can't beat the classic animations like Toy Story. And to be fair, Toy Story is one of the first, it was revolutionary when it, when it was made, like one of the first ever animated films and it was fantastic. And it's one. Of, it's my favourite film of all time. Um, You've Got a Friend in Me was really close to becoming mine and Soph's first dance song at our wedding, but we changed it last minute. Um, not the actual Randy Newman one, it was like a cover of it, a really slowed down one. But Leo loves it. But he doesn't love it, we just play it. From when you play it for me, I'll just lie there. But I hold him, and I'll put the song on, and I'll sing the whole song to him and like smile at Adam while I'm doing it. It's a lyric in it that says, um, some of the folks might be a little bit stronger than I am, um, bigger and stronger too. A little bit smarter than I am, bigger and stronger too. And I just go, no chance about his dad, meaning me. <laughs> and he just sat there giggling at me when I do it. And it proper melts me off. So I'm a bit addicted to singing. You've got a friend in me to him. Um, like I really am. Like I just love singing it to him and just seeing his little smile and getting that bond with him. Now he, he absolutely loves his dad singing to him. I'm not a good singer by any stretch of the margin, but he smiles at me and makes me feel like I'm I'm Adele or something. The way his reaction to me singing to him honestly makes me feel like I'm playing the Hermit stage at, at Glastonbury. I don't think anything in the world could top his little smile when you sing to him. And another song that he loves, and this isn't me being biased. Like, if Soph was here now, she'd agree with me. The Virgil Van Dyke song. It's mad. I I love that he loves the Van Dyke song because, obviously, our dog's called Virgil. He's my favourite player for Liverpool. Um, probably one of my favourite players of all time in my life for Liverpool, Virgil. And I just, one day, I was, I was getting ready to go to the match and I put the song on and Leo just started kicking and, like, throwing his whole body up and down like really getting into it so i was like all right okay then the next day i put it on and was singing it to him and he was just smiling away like rocking his arms like he was off the ground fist pumping singing it and i was just like this is amazing it's amazing like obviously for me i can't wait to take leo the game like 
I've dreamt my whole life of having a little boy to take to the football match. As much as I wanted, I did actually want a girl. And I said that on the first episode, I really did want a girl because there's so many girl babies within my life, like my sister's little girl and stuff that he would have had all girls around the same age and they could grow up with. Um, obviously, as a boy, getting a boy, it's the best feeling in the world. Like literally the best feeling in the world and instantly you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be able to go to match with him. I've already started getting Leo credits for the game because it's so hard to get tickets for Liverpool. To the point that if Liverpool beat Fulham next week, Leo's in the ballot for a Wembley ticket this year. Obviously, he can't go. <laughs> well, I'd take him, but so fun. Let me take him this young. Um, but he's he's in the ballot for, for the final ticket. So the fact that he loves the Van Dyke song is, is one of the the best feelings I've ever had in, in my life, sitting there watching my little boy bopping along to one of my favourite Liverpool songs to sing on the terraces. It was just the best feeling in the world. And if you don't like football and you listen to the podcast, you're probably thinking, grow up, Matty. But honestly, for, for someone who loves football, seeing the sun, really enjoy the songs at such a young age is one of the best feelings in the world for me. And I just, I'm made up. And he loves watching football as well. And I'm not, again, just saying this. I wish Soph was on the episode this week so she could back me up. When the match is on, he sits there and watches the whole match. Obviously, he doesn't have a clue what's going on, and it's probably the colours where it's green and there's, like, fast movement with the camera, the ball going backwards and forwards, different colour kits. But he watches the whole game. And the other week, the pool playing away, I don't go to the away games, and we scored, and I obviously cheered in the house, and he's just sat there giggling. Like, he's made up. Like, he's, he's probably giggling at me, jumping up, going, yeah, get in. But he's sat giggling. So it's like he's getting in that habit of when Liverpool score and he hears his dad screaming, he giggles and smiles. And it's like, yes, Leo, I can't wait to take you to Anfield, mate. Um, but fun fact, actually, after this podcast recording, I'm actually going to see family who live by Anfield. So Leo's going to, I'm going to go up to the, like, walk around the stadium with him as well. Not the tour, but just the outside of the stadium with him. So today, as you are listening to this podcast at six o'clock, me and Leo are probably going to be by Anfield. Um, and he's going to, He's going to see the ground for the first time. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Even though he's not going in, just to like hold him outside the ground and say, like, the amount of memories me and him are going to make inside them four walls of Anfield with my brother as well, who's his godfather, obviously his uncle. The memories that Leo's going to have going to the game with his uncle and his dad is going to be amazing for him. And this is just the start of his little journey. And I can't wait. I really can't wait. But... He loves the Van Dyke song. He loves watching the footy. He has a big smile on his face when the footy's on, which is amazing. I mean, I feel I don't think any of my if I, I, I don't think anyone who knows me would be shocked, to be honest with you. Like Liverpool Football Club means so much to me because it meant so much to me nan, so much to me granddad, it means so much to my brother. It's a release every week going and watching the match. I am devoted to Liverpool Football Club. If you go back on the first few podcasts that were visual on YouTube, you can see my little studio is just covered in Liverpool and signed memorabilia and everything. Like, I love the club. Get the love from me, Nan, to see my son smiling away. It's like the Van Dyke songs at such a young age. It's one of the best feelings in the world, honestly. And one of his favourite songs to go to sleep to is You'll Never Walk Alone. Now, I don't really want to speak much about how much You'll Never Walk Alone means to me because it gets me quite upset. It was my nan and granddad's funeral song. Um, it was my nan and granddad's favourite song. I find it hard, even at the game now, 
to listen to the crowd sing it because of like me nan and stuff but i can just sit and hold leo and sing the whole song with it playing in the background without getting upset because i know that like me nan and granddad are looking down on me and they're so happy that i am i'm singing the song to him and it's it's amazing and he falls asleep every time you sing him you'll never walk alone and you just rock him and sing it to him so softly he just falls asleep and it's just it's amazing it's amazing being able to sing that to him and him be so settled and chilled and just they like drift off while listening to it it's one of the best feelings in the world for me like nothing could match singing you'll never walk alone to me son honestly and i'm loving it it's it's amazing but on more positive notes because that gets me quite upset and i end up getting quite upset um things coming up for leo he starts baby club on Tuesday. Um, this kid's got a better social life than anyone I know, by the way. He has swimming on Mondays, baby club on Tuesday, baby sensory on Friday, and we're going to look at another sensory class on Wednesday or Thursday. So that's four days out of seven days in the week that he's, he's got activities on. Um, but it's all good for him. It's all good for him. This one is actually in... It's like what I used to go to when I was a kid, like a baby and toddler club. Um, Sophie's nan is like part of it, and she's sorted out him coming. There's actually a waiting list to go. So big up Bevel because she's got him in without having to be on the waiting list. Not what you know or two you know in this day and age. Um, so so really looking forward to going to that. I work Tuesdays, so it's not something I'm going to be able to ever really attend with Leo, which I'm gutted about. But Sophie's going to be going every week more or less with her mum, which is nice that Leo gets to spend time with his mum and his nan at a little baby and toddler class and grow up there, meeting other toddlers, getting that experience of going with his mum and his nan. So I made up for Leo and I made up that it's something he gets to do. Uh, hopefully, I might just book a random Tuesday off in a few weeks just to go down and see it and stuff. Um, Soph's going to let me know what it's like and what they do so I can speak all to her on the podcast. Might even try and say to her, well, I haven't been. You're going to have to come on and tell the listeners because everyone seems to love Soph being on. Uh, if that works, you might hear it. But yeah, he's got Baby Club next Tuesday, so I'll let you know on next week's episode how that was. Uh, obviously he's got swimming on Monday where I'm getting in the pool this with, with him this week so I can't wait for that I can't wait to get in the pool with him and I think I'll be able to give you a better understanding of things that they do because um, Soph's a dope she said it on last week's episode of I'll be able to remember everything that we're told to do in the pool and come back and record the podcast well on the Thursday so it'll be fresh in my mind where I'm just going off what Soph's told me happened in the thing because there's a big piece of glass there's music on you can't hear what the tutor's saying to Sophie and the baby Um. So I'm getting in with them this week. I can't wait. I love swimming. It's one of my favourite activities to do. So doing it with my son is... It's, I genuinely can't... I won't sleep on Sunday. I'll be that excited. On it. I cannot wait to take him swimming because I get to go on the water with him this week and that, that's massive for me. I'm so, 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 so excited for that. Um, and before we go, quite a short one this week, to be honest with you. Um, but I have got a few, a few things to talk about gadget wise like i said there isn't much new this week that i could really say right we've just got this it's amazing like i did with the projector and the nubby bottle but one thing i'd recommend massively is the tommy tippy bin now people say oh well the reels of bin bags are expensive they're not they're really not you can get a box of like eight for like 15 pound and we've only used three and leo's nine weeks old so it does last a long, long time. Um, you get probably two full bins of nappies per cartridge thing. Um, it is on me link in my bio, me link tree. The Tommy Tippy bin is there. And I've also added 
the um, inserts you need in case you wanted to get the bin and the insert. So you've got a stock of them. It's amazing. It's literally you put your bit your your pooey or wee nappy in the bin. You twist it round twice, and it like wraps it up and it pushes it down into the bin. Then when it's full, you take the lid off, you cut it, and you've just got a big massive row a bit of nappies, and you're throwing straight in your bin. It saves constantly having to get a new. It's actually better for the environment, really, but that's not why we got them. It was just more every single poo bag, you're tying it up, then putting it, say, in your bin in the kitchen. Now, our bin in the kitchen, for example, doesn't get emptied every single day because we don't fill a bin in a day. So if you constantly put nappies in that bin, after, like, two days, you've got two days of a poo and wee nappies in your bin. Now, bins obviously aren't meant to smell nice, but you don't want to open your bin and it keep getting smells of poo. And baby poo doesn't smell very nice. So we got this Tommy Tippy bin. Stays in this room. It's built in with like all these like scent things. His room doesn't smell at all. You wouldn't even know it's there. Even when you open it, it doesn't smell because of this thing that you twist to like lock it into place. It removes the smell as well, which is mad. And I think the bin's about £20 and the refills are about 15 But like I said, the, we've used three refills in nine weeks. So you're probably averaging the refill to last you like a week or two per cartridge the bin to fill a bin probably takes about three days so it's probably about six days i think you get two full bins per cartridge we've looked at on average so i think yeah it's it's about about a week two weeks that a cartridge lasts for um and when i broke it down it's actually a penny cheaper per bag than a poo bag you buy in the store. So when people say to you, oh, them bins are dead expensive to operate, they're not. They're really not. They're the same price as just going and buying poo bags. Obviously, we do have poo bags on the go and stuff. Can't just carry a bin around with me. Uh, but when you're in the house, <clears throat> that bin's there. It encourages us to go and change them upstairs as well in this changing centre because the bin's right there. <clears throat> if we change them downstairs, we will just use a poo bag. We're not going to carry a pooey nappy up the stairs just to use the bin. So we will, if we change them downstairs for any reason, we have poo bags there that we just put them in and then go straight in the outside bin. But the majority of Leo's changing is upstairs and then we get, we put the, the nappies in the um, Tommy Tippy bin and it's it's fantastic. I couldn't recommend it enough. I wouldn't talk about it if I thought it was, wasn't was worth it. But that's one thing that we did buy before before Leo was born and it's very, very good. I'd, I'd recommend it. So now I'm quite proud of myself for saying to Soph, I think this is going to be good. I didn't read any reviews, just bought it, took a gamble on it, and it was it really is fantastic. Uh, the only other tip I'd really say um, for the babies is have multiple changing mats. So we've got one downstairs, and then it's changing centre upstairs, and then when you get a portable one with your pram, like if you're out on the go and stuff, um, it's a godsend, really. If, for example, this morning, Leo had a bottle, and you're and squeezed the runniest of poos out if you pick him up like under his bum and his head to support him and bring him upstairs you're pushing all that poo against him if, you, if you're downstairs you're going straight and change mat take it off and it actually makes your nappy change in easier because it's not pressed onto like the bum and stuff it's just in a nappy because they've just freshly squeezed it out rather than having to run upstairs and things so it's the best thing we ever done we've got a change of mat downstairs and a change of mat upstairs change of mass cost about five pounds and honest to god to god sense it really is We've also then got a change of mat in Soph's mums and a change of mat in my mums, just so we aren't constantly moving change of mat around wherever we need to go. There's like where he's going to be for a few hours. There's a change of mat there for him to use. So 
I'd recommend that. And I'd also recommend the... Um, I'm going to call them baby sensory for car seats, but I think it's called like a mobile thing. The one that... It's like this teddy that clips, that like wraps around the handle and it has teddies dangling off it. And it like, it's like rattles in, it's soft. But as you're driving, they, they're moving, so it's like a little soft rattle. And obviously the vibrations of a car driving anyway, it just aids in helping them like sleep in the car. And if they are awake, they've got something to stare at, keep them entertained. Leo loves it when you go over a speed bump and the little teddy bike brushes against his face. He just sits there giggling in the car. I think they're very, very, very good. We've only had ours for one week, so I don't want to talk too much in depth about it because it might be something that Leo hates tomorrow. But so far, so good. I'll talk more about that in another episode because I want to give it a little bit more time to see me full opinion on it. That's one thing I can say with this podcast. I don't just see something use it once and go, this is amazing, you should get it. It's more like I'll use things for a few weeks and then be like, actually, I should talk about this in the podcast because that would be good for other people. The only thing I've ever used once and thought this is unbelievable, everyone needs to know, is that bottle warmer. Like I said, tell us the first time that's on TikTok and you'll see how easy it is. Fantastic. The only other tip I've got, I think, again, this is nationwide. You have a health visitor who comes out after you have a baby. Um, and there's also health visiting centres. I think that's the name of them. We have one right by our house. It's on every week. You can go down, have any questions you've got to ask, you can ask them. There's obviously other mums there you can speak to. Your baby gets weighed. We don't go every week. We go like every month. Uh, once a month we'll take Leo there to it um, and get him weighed it allows you to keep up to date with his weight so you know how well he's growing he constantly updates his growth charts you can see if he's growing on the right path and things like that rather than just never weighing him because once you get discharged from your health visitor which I think we have been now I think they come maybe when the baby's one um, no one weighs the baby so unless you go to a doctor's appointment they might go oh, can we weigh him like they did on his checkup last week but no one ever asks to weigh the baby, so it's good for you as parents to know how much your baby weighs and keep up to date with it. So I'd recommend going to the health centres every week um, just to keep up to date with like your baby's weight and you can ask any questions you may have to NHS professionals while you're there as well. I think I've mentioned them on the podcast before, but I just thought I'd give that another little plug because um, there's not much gadgets I can talk about this week. I haven't found much new because um, obviously... Maybe in a few months when Leo's a bit older, there is a few things I've got my eyes on that I can then get and talk about. But at the minute, all I can recommend buying is that Tommy Tippy bin, multiple changing mats, and um, the sensory thing for cars. But like I said, I want to do a little bit more trial and error with our car sensory thing before I tell you how good it is and maybe show you a video of it or something. Uh, I think everyone knows what I mean. Most people have to run the car seats, but some people don't. So that's why I'm mentioning it. Um... But yeah, we will leave it there for today. I think this is our shortest ever episode, and now we're in 10 minutes. Everyone will be sat there like, yes, don't have to listen to another 20 minutes. Um, but like I said, the podcast doesn't have a format of it's going to be an hour this week. It's going to be two hours. It's literally just turn the mic on, speak about the past week. If it lasts an hour and a half, it lasts an hour and a half. If it lasts an hour, it lasts an hour. Um, but it is probably the shortest one we've done. Before we go... Don't forget to follow us on social media. All the links are in our link tree in the bio. Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Deezer, YouTube, wherever you are listening to this right now, if you look in the description, there's a link tree. Click that and that'll direct you to our Instagram, our TikTok, um, all of our platforms where we stream on and also the the products that I, I mentioned I think are good. I've also put them in there as well if anyone's interested um, in getting them and stuff because I know a few people 
have been saying to me at Bang Down about this in the Battle War and they couldn't find a link, it's in the description. I promise you, I'm not going to make people go and search because I know how annoying it is when you listen to something and like, this is good and you sat there searching for hours for the same thing they've been speaking about. The one I'm speaking about, I put in the bio just so people can just click it and be like, yeah, that that's cool that I might get it. So that's why it's there. Um, but yeah, don't forget to keep sharing, leaving feedback on the podcast. I love it all. Every message, every listen, I get a big smile on my face. Um, I check it every few days and every time I see like more plays on it, I'm sat there smiling like, oh my God, this many people have, have heard the podcast in like the past three days. Like, and it makes me smile loads. Like, it's it's mad numbers it's like a few hundred people every single week consistently and then we've got like a few hundred new listeners seems to be coming in every week which is it's mad it really is mad um and the fact we're reaching countries like indonesia zambia new zealand australia it's it's mad and it's new countries every week as well so it's still can't believe it to be honest with you really can't believe it that so many people are interested in in what it's like to be a dad um I just love speaking about my son and I love speaking about my family. So if you like listening to that, that's great. I love it. But yeah, we will leave it there. Like I said, link tree in the bio. All our socials are there. Don't forget to follow us and everything. Really helps the podcast out a lot. Thank you for the support in the first six episodes of the podcast. The first six weeks of episodes of the support has been amazing. I can't thank you all enough. But this has been the tales of a first time dad. I'm Matty. I am your first time dad. And these are my tales. Thank you so, so, so much for listening, watching, subscribing and all that good stuff. It means the world. And I'll see you next week to talk about Leo's first um, baby club as well as swimming, sensory and everything else in between. It's always active as a parent. Thank you. <laughs>